just in time for summer, the folks at Epic Brewing have released a new canned cocktail, the Utah Margarita. A delicious blend of real lime and agave, the Utah Margarita is ready to drink by the river or in the park. And here's the kicker, no need to buy it at a liquor store. Pick up a six-pack of Epic Brewing's Utah Margarita at any local Harmon's or Trader Joe's, or visit Epic Brewing on State Street in downtown Salt Lake City. Here's what Salt Lake's talking about. It's the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints General Conference this weekend. The semi-annual gathering of church members from around the world unites Salt Lakers over one position. Do not go to City Creek Mall unless you absolutely have to, because that part of downtown will be packed. So today we reflect on City Creek's storied past, because ever since I first got the architectural gossip, I haven't looked at that sky bridge the same. It's Thursday, September 28th. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. CJ Heligy, do you think it's accurate to say that Salt Lake punches above its weight architecturally? Um, yeah, kind of. So buildings serve two purposes, I think. They first and foremost like provide a basic need. They're pragmatic. We need them for shelter, to live in, whatever, do our thing. But they also have this like aesthetic, artistic quality to them. And I think that's what people focus on a lot when you think of like great buildings. Like you think of like well, I do anyway, like architect buildings that are like Frank Lloyd Wright or Zaha Hadid or something. And like Salt Lake doesn't have any of those no. buildings. But I think that the best buildings are the ones that can tell the story about who built them, what they meant at the time, what they mean now. Like, why are they still here? And that like storytelling aspect really starts to create like what people love about their city. Mm. So Salt Lake has some really cool buildings because of the LDS church. Yeah. And, like, you could go back and forth and argue about, like, the aesthetic of them. But mm-hmm. I think that, like, if you're reading the building for, like, what it is and why it's here and who built it, like, the story of it is really exciting. And it's kind of, like, a different caliber of building projects than, like, we might have seen with if the church wasn't in Salt Lake. Yeah. Well, one that really comes to mind for me is City Creek. Because uh-huh. I just think everyone has traipsed through there. Uh-huh. It feels like an artery in our city. Mm-hmm. And it was designed that way, very intentionally. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. How did we get City Creek? Do you know ZCMI, what no. that is? When they first settled the valley and started, like, sending out colonies across the state, right? Like, the whole vision was to build this self-sufficient land of Zion, right? Like, mm-hmm. so okay. ZCMI was the Zion Corporation Mercantile something. I don't know. Sure. The point is, the church did, one, like, basically one of the nation's first, like, department stores, where they were, like, sourcing all of their own products oh. and then selling them in these department stores to their own people. And that's how they were able to like keep these like really small rural colonies afloat across the state. Okay. Way more information than you probably want. But the headquarters ZCMI department store was downtown. So long story short, where City Creek is now, there was this ZCMI mall. Hmm. In the 70s, they rebuilt it to be more of like a traditional suburban mall. And across the street, they also built a mall called Crossroads. So there was two indoor suburban malls on the two blocks that are now City Creek. But then around when the Olympics were coming, they (laughs) built Gateway a few blocks away as sort of a ground up mixed use, like cool epicenter for the Olympic ceremonies and like how modern and progressive Salt Lake was. Right. And it like 
sucked the life out of these downtown malls and moved it a few blocks away. So the church, in order to sort of protect the downtown core from this fear of urban blight, right? Like you're going to have all these big empty stores that like the downtown's just going to decay from the inside out, like right. right next to the temple. Like that's unacceptable. Right. And the church owned this land. So that's part of what I'm saying about like these buildings carrying story. Like they have the wealth to enact big visions and they have the motivation to make Salt Lake a world-class place. Right. Like, right. and that's not like an ulterior motive. I think that's like really noble. Anyway. So as the, as you're seeing gateway, like leeching away, like this, like premier destination downtown, right on main street, right on South temple in 2008 or something, as the economy is crashing, yeah. they're like announcing, we are opening this mall and it is going to demolish these other two malls and like be this like grand world-class destination that has mixed use, um, you know, shopping, office, housing, condos. It's going to have like all of these cool destinations to walk through and right. And they were able to be this economic engine during the financial, or during, yeah, the financial crisis in the heart of Salt Lake City, reclaiming this spot. And it's very controversial, some of the choices they made. Well, it's funny because, like, I did not know that the gateway came before City Creek. Mm-hmm. I thought City Creek came first. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is because what City Creek has that the gateway doesn't have, and I think that is so deeply felt by all residents of the city, is City Creek has a vision. <laughs> <laughs> like, the gateway has no vision. Like, well, okay. it just feels like this shell of a space, whereas, like, City Creek feels so connected. Like, everything about that space is about movement. Like, the fact that a river runs through it, that's amazing to me. That's because of where we're at in the story. Oh. So. City Creek opened, right? And almost immediately, all of the big stores that Gateway had stolen went back. Gateway opened in 2001. City Creek opened in 2012. So 10 years later, all of the big stores that had like made Gateway this thriving destination, like it was supposed to be, Salt Lake's premier downtown mall, City Creek stole them all back. So it's this war of malls, right? Of who's going to be the shell, who's going to be the like thriving destination. You can argue that like City Creek's aesthetic is whatever. You could argue that the church spent too much money on it, whatever. Right, like Gateway was a huge deal, so expensive, a huge investment that came because of the Olympics. Like Salt Lake got that on its own, Mm -hmm. but the church was able then to like one-up them with City Creek because they have the money, they have the vision, like you said, a vision. Yeah. And they were able to say like, okay, well, what what doesn't work about Gateway? Like what about these giant malls? Like Mm. we'll have a roof and it opens and closes and we'll have decks and decks, 5,000 parking stalls and we'll put them all underground and it'll be free for two hours. Like what a gift to Salt Lake, what a vision. And they're able to execute that scale. The Living Traditions Festival is back in downtown Salt Lake City, May 17th through 19th. And this is when I come alive. It is so easy to sell me on three days of Washington Square and Library Square converting to a global food court. And this festival has truly been one of my favorites for years now. Living Traditions convenes the diversity of artistic traditions, food heritage, music, and art from the many cultures that have made Utah their home. You can expect everything from live music and dance to hands-on workshops, a little shopping, Sundance film screenings, and Bohemian Brewery. There is something for the whole family, and it's free entry. Come celebrate all of the rich cultures that make up our community. Find more information on the festival and view the full program guide at livingtraditionsfestival.com or on Instagram and Facebook at SLC Living Trad. 
We talk a lot on this show about our city's crown jewels. What are the institutions that open doors in our community and regulate its pulse? I choose Salt Lake Community College, and it is a home for incredibly focused Salt Lakers. Nearly 80% of their students work while going to school, many full-time jobs. If I could do college all over again, I would not be 33 and sitting on these damn student loans. And slick students aren't. 80% graduate with little to no student loan debt or save thousands knocking out credits before transferring to a four-year institution. Every day, Salt Lake Community College is transforming lives and communities through education. If you want to learn something new, refine a trade, or pursue a higher degree for the first time, explore your options at slcc.edu. Study alongside hard workers, save precious money, and be one in a class of 19, not 100. There are a few places in this city where I will have what I would call like an architectural moment. Uh Uh-huh. The Natural History Museum is one of them, and I know you love that. I love that building. But City Creek is another one. And, like, my one of my favorite places in the city to observe the city, especially when it's raining, which feels, like, very cliche and nostalgic, oh, yeah. is that sky bridge mm-hmm. that connects the two sides of City Creek over public transit. It feels just like... One of the most contentious pieces of architecture in our city. It's so cozy. Why is it so cozy? <laughs> That I will comment on. I think they did a really good job in terms of like the design of being inside. You feel mm-hmm. very special. Mm-hmm. And like there's like good seating, the big like cool like brass. I don't know what it is, map like in the floor. Yeah. So cool. The shot down Main Street is unlike any other because it's very contentious. We don't have any others. And only an entity as powerful as the church probably could have negotiated with the city to have a sky- gateway has a sky bridge too, but it's not over Main Street looking at Temple Square, looking down your like central artery of your city. Right. It's a different feeling. Right. Yeah, it almost feels like in order to build that sky bridge at City Creek, oh my God, I can't believe I'm going to say this, you had to part C's, right? (laughs) You had to to like push things out of the way to like claim that space in the sky bridge, whereas Gateway is just sort of like, Gateway feels very peripheral to the city. It feels very non-essential. Like that's what it's become. But wait, you said the the sky bridge was controversial. It's very controversial, or at least it was when it was going in, because especially like from a city planner it's still like a, it moot, a moot point. Like you don't bring up sky bridges at the city, like planning stuff. Like it is not, it's an untouchable. Um, Wait, why? Because the idea is that you, A, like paramount in city planning is street activation and pedestrian life, right? Like mm-hmm. that's where life is lived, is on, on the ground, walking, moving around. So an argument for the sky bridge is that, well, we have this two-story mall. This is a very convenient way to link these spaces in a way that feels really cohesive. Mm. But kind of the counter to that is that you're taking the public way and you have privatized it and you've torn it off of the street. So now for people to move around their city, which it's like it's like everything, like a very slippery slope to get to this point, like it would have to get pretty extreme. But like eventually if your public right of way is in the way that you move through your city is controlled by all of these big private mega developments or whatever, like you lose an aspect of like a democratic free public open space. Right. I think that one sky bridge over Main Street isn't going to like do that to us. <laughs> but that's like it's a very like ideological, like high minded controversy about the sky bridge. I think most people in practice have ended up really enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Plus they put it over the track stop. So I think like there's probably not a lot of grand activity. Yeah. Ha- like there's not storefront right there anyway. But it was crazy. They had to build it all in one piece. They brought it in in the night. They had like a four hour window to install that entire bridge. 
and they use two cranes to like lift it into place. And if you can look up the video online, but it's crazy. They have to like pivot it in the street. Like trains are like crossing underneath as they're like installing it. And then they just kind of weld a few little pieces on the end. And so even what you're saying is even the sky bridge is an example of the church flexing its muscles to oh. get what it wants. Yeah. And I don't even know if it's a in a way that's like a bully, but it is definitely a display of the power that they do wield. Do you think there are more city creeks in Salt Lake's future? Like that kind of development? Do we even have the space for something like that? On that scale? I don't know. I won't speak to that. I think you can see that in smaller instances, not on the scale of, you know, two blocks of downtown. Right. But for instance, like the church owns the land where the new Eccles Theater is. Yeah. And then there's that big office building next to it, 111 Main. Right. So if you look at that, you'll notice that the office building floor plate, it like wanted to be a certain size, but it was bigger than the actual parcel of land that they owned. <laughs> and so they were like, yeah, great. Like, we'll give this part of it to the theater. But then we want to we want the air rights over some of the theater's land to build our like ideal office footprint. And the theater was like, well, that's great, but you can't stick big columns through our event space that like would be terrible right so they said okay fine and basically the whole building is <laughs> the elevator core is like a big structural column with a big truss on the roof so when you're looking at the building like the top of the building that isn't windows or anything is this huge truss and the, actually the rest of the floors are hung from it like a chandelier and the building is hanging from the roof so that it can extend over this theater without putting a column through it. Oh. So when you look at the building, you'll notice that the office building kind of extends over where the theater's like box is. And you can see it from the street. So stuff like that, where it's like, okay, we get it. Like who has the money and the drive to say like, yeah, we want this world-class theater here right. and we want our world-class office building. Yeah. And we'll just figure out a way to make it work, you know, like, and we have the land and we have the ability. So right. I think like that kind of stuff is really interesting. Yeah. I mean, it really is a testament to wealth, right? Like mm -hmm. to be able to just to circumnavigate the rules in a way that feels almost like a ballet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Before I let you go, I want to do a lightning round asking you how you feel about some Salt Lake buildings. I literally could not be more excited. Okay. <laughs> so you have like less than 30 seconds to give your take on each of these. Still. We made a list and feel free to be, you know, honest. <laughs> Ready? Yes. Okay. The new airport. It's fine. It came in on time, under budget. It is, the central lobby is interesting. Okay. And I think when they open that underground tunnel thing, it'll get a lot better. Okay. The claw at the Salt Lake Aquarium. Tear it down. <laughs> Things were fine before that thing showed up. Where was that even being stored before they brought it out into this? Why is it here? It should not be here. Take it away. Daybreak Homes. I actually have a soft spot for them. Like, mm -hmm. I think it, in architecture school, we have a saying okay. that I learned that's like a good start. Like, I feel like mm -hmm. master plan communities like that, especially ones that are more dense, are where Utah needs to move in order to like yeah. deal with a growing population, limited land, limited water, right? Again, you can argue about the style, but I think the idea is maybe a first iteration that mm. we can continue on. They get the job done. Gonna skip the gateway because we talked about that. Oh yeah, it's okay. The Wallace Bennett Federal Courthouse. Ah, the Borg Cube. Mm -hmm. It's the, that, that old cheese grater. I actually love it. Um, because Why? so a lot of things were prescribed for it. So it's okay. not its fault. It had to be like set really far back from the road for like explosive, like safety guidelines. Okay. But like the idea behind it is actually really sweet because all the sides are boring and kind of the same. Mm -hmm. But the idea is that like it's facing everyone equally and treating everyone the same. So all the sides of the building are given the mm -hmm. same treatment. 
um, which is like a metaphor that I like. And I'll also say it was designed very intentionally for like quality of light inside. So it's a, it's a public building. You can go in. There's a little cafe. Yeah. If you don't mind going through secu- security. Yeah. Go in the lobby sometime. There's a ton of like really warm, rich woods. The light comes through in a really soft, like beautiful way. From the outside, it's kind of a bummer. But the inside is really beautiful. Okay, last one. Delta Center. It's Some people say it looks like the Death Star. It's, I am apathetic towards it. I don't know what you do to make a sports arena more interesting. Mm-hmm. It's a big box. See, like, I like the Federal Courthouse more than I like this box because it's just like wow. kind of a weird stucco grage. The inside is also has some cool treatments and like, yeah, I don't know, beautiful glass VIP boxes that have cool things about them. But if there's not an event going on, it's kind of a dead block, which is a bummer. That's so true. Yeah, it would be nice if there were businesses or something like if it was mixed use during the day. Yeah. Yeah. CJ Heligy, what a delight to chat with you. Thank you so much. Another building our team is completely obsessed with is the former public safety building on 2nd South and 3rd East. We dedicated an entire episode to asking why it isn't apartments. It's prime downtown, abandoned real estate, and we are in a housing crisis. But now, Building Salt Lake reports that the city-owned site is once again out for bid. Salt Lake City wants to maintain some ownership in the project, but they're looking for a partner to develop the heck out of it. So if you've got millions of dollars in capital and a big idea, go for it. That is all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Thank you for listening. We will be back tomorrow morning with more from around this city. 